0: The gift, the gift it was. y'all and welcome back to another episode of the Foot Child Chronicles podcast. I've been gone for a minute because grad school kicking my ass, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm back and I'm back with a college friend, Jade. She is amazing. She is an amazing choreographer and dancer and teacher. So welcome to the show, Jade. I'm happy to be here. Yes, girl. Tell these people who've been living under the rock who you really are.
1: Okay. Well, first I want to say I'm proud of you and oh. seeing your grind since college and staying with journalism and broadcasting. Yes. And everything.
0: Thank you. That means so much, actually.
1: It's inspiring. Um. So my name is Jay Sharon. originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, started dancing. My mom said when I was two, um, she would put in Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation, and she said I would just and um, she knew I was a dancer Um, I think my and this makes sense later later on in my career Mm -hmm. um, the difference for me was I had to dance in church and also dance in the studio so Mm -hmm. I always grew up with this idea of having like a message behind my work is I always looked at my art as if it was ministry yeah and so that's kind of like how I still create and the things I want to be in alignment with. I went to high school at the arts in Milwaukee, went to Columbia, Chicago, so I made yeah Yes, we see. Um, left there. Um I I actually did a back with the background dancer for Kanye West. I did Essence Fest and I did Run um, Summer Fest. And okay. then I realized like yeah, I don't want to be a commercial dancer. <laughs> like I want to choreograph. I always knew I wanted to choreograph, even mm-hmm. in college. I, um, like I like to dance, but when I dance, it's more as like, you know, being a best of like the actual, the right. art of just creating. And so I found like most of my joy in choreography classes because I, you know, I didn't know then, but I really just wasn't, I, I loved it. I felt like I found myself, I could see myself. Right. Versus when I was just dancing for other people. hmm So then from there, I um, came back home to Milwaukee after college. I did Kanye. Then I was, um, then I got a job at the Boys and Girls Club. I got a, um, it was my first full-time position.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. i actually remember that because i remember you posting the videos of your baby that was your kids okay that was my kids. <laughs> yeah. wow. and i remember you posting these videos of your kids dancing and i was like this is amazing one i don't have the patience um for children in that matter like i have my own little boy but that's my baby mm-hmm. but it's like you know dealing with other kids i always give props to those people who can definitely go in and teach children and have the patience to teach children Um, From all these different backgrounds, I think that's just super dope.
1: Child, listen, I know I didn't know I had the
0: patience.
1: (laughs) I grew grew the patience, and so I so I had a a, my job was to create a found a dance program Mm -hmm. in that was high quality in a non-specific arts organization like the Boys and Girls Club. So if you know anything about the Boys and Girls Club, you know that it's drop-in culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a second home. So kids don't really have to go to structured programming if they don't want to um, because it's supposed to be different than school. So it was very like challenging at first to get you to want to be in a structured two hour program every day.
0: Right.
1: Uh, well, the ages was from nine to thirteen. Ooh. Um, and then right. And and then create like dance shows. But it was like my it, it was a paradigm shift in my life. because mm-hmm. um, I have been working in for churches and like Christian organizations, but I wasn't in the community. Um, and so yeah, that was my first thing. Did that for a year and a half and then I got into grad school at UCLA. I went to move to Los Angeles and um, yeah, I think in 2015, that's when Sandra Flynn, um was uh, you know, yeah, her death. And mm-hmm. I know like when 2012 happened like with Trayvon Martin and I didn't really I felt sad but didn't really know what to do. You yeah. Know.
0: How to, how to express
1: it. Myself, yeah. yeah. And so then, you know, it was like Eric Garner and then Mike Brown. And then by the time Sandra came, I'm like, okay. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> like, Listen, I gotta get this out like, of me. This.
1: Um, But I, I do believe in, you know, like using my platform and my ministry. And so I bring this up because when I moved to LA that happened in 2015, and then that's when my work began to shift. Like mm-hmm. what I started creating and the type of art that I was creating—it was really informed by this opportunity I had to, you know, go to UCLA and be yeah. in Los Angeles, and then be able to speak about the things that were in my. <laughs> so that's a long, you know. I'm, I'm done. You
0: got 10 your child. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, you know, as I graduated, I've been, you know, still creating, directing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, not working full time, really, as mm-hmm. you know, a full time artist. a Dancewear line. I just do, you know, doing a lot of more like entrepreneurial things, and then I just got a full time tenure track position at Mega Everest College. Yes, congratulations! I'm go
0: to you better go to Brooklyn, mm-hmm. BK all day. Yeah, <laughs> I actually love New York. I've always said when I was a little girl that like I come I'm gonna definitely come visit. Girl, you gotta tell me, but once yeah. <laughs> um, I love New York. I think that I feel like if I didn't grow up in Chicago or like if my family wasn't from the South, we would probably be in New York. Mm -hmm. Just because New York is similar to Chicago in the sense of the Mecca of arts. Like you could go there and find somebody in every type of art and just creative people in general. Mm -hmm. And going to Columbia, some of the dopest people that I ever met came from the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And I used to be like, yo, you so dope. And I just love the way they talk and everything. And it was just like, definitely love me some New York. So that's gonna be a huge shift though. First of all, that's a huge shift in time zone. You're going from the west coast to the east coast. Girl, I'll be going crazy. I'll probably be tired every day until I get- so to I'm still ready.
1: teaching at Cal State Long Beach mm-hmm. uh, this semester. So I'm on two different time loans.
0: Ooh.
1: I have to move my stuff from, I'm in Milwaukee right now. So I have to go back to Los Angeles, move out of my apartment, move to New York. All in like a month
0: and a half. So I'm just... That's why I was late. I'm like, okay, I'm coming. My life is all over
1: the place.
0: Plus this film is coming out on Thursday that I've been working on. Yes, I was just getting ready to say that. On top of... Okay, so now you're working on the West Coast. You're working on the East Coast. And then on top of that, you found the time to drop a dope dance film about portraying Black women as superheroes. Like, let's talk about this thought process and how you got there.
1: Yeah, so... You know, when COVID first happened, I was just like, here
0: we go. Right.
1: (laughs) I'm like, yeah. I didn't really know, like, I wanted to do everything but dance when it first happened. So I Mm -hmm. was painting, I was doing crossword puzzles. I was pacing back and forth in my house, my mother's house. (laughs) I didn't go back to Los Angeles. I was Mm -hmm. actually out the country. When it happened, I was directing the, um, a music video and dance film for someone named Ray Nitty, a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And we were in the BBI, and then everything just started closing down and I was like, ooh, mm, okay, what's going on? So I ended up coming back to Milwaukee instead of LA and I'm so happy that I did. So, you know, being in COVID for a while and then, you know, with Brianna Taylor's death, and then it's just so many like, it was just so many attacks against black women. It's mm-hmm. like, I need a story that I can feel victorious in. Like I can't, um, I can't control the world, right? Right. But I can control myself and my narrative mm-hmm. while I can. So that was it. And then it was just put in my spirit, like, okay, let's do a comic like superhero story and it might you know try stuff sometimes it's good sometimes it's like ooh, never again But you know, <laughs> it's, it's just a, a, the act of trying I think for me I think my liberation is in my creativity and I think this world tries to take our imagination and you know that how we felt when we were kids just mm-hmm. invincible and then you know reality whether we're watching you know, on social media or hearing all these bad you know attacks against black women and then you know our devs not being as publicized or supported that part like, yeah nah Mm-mm. so in this story i need something where we can be victorious
0: so yes i love it so the name of the film is gold it actually premieres september 17th mm-hmm. I, how can people watch it like if they was like okay look that's what i want to watch because this sound like it's dope where can i go to watch it
1: yeah, so you can go to my website, um, com, and then slash gold, mm-hmm. and it will take you to the website where it's premiering. Um, it's going to be on YouTube. It'll be a YouTube premiere. It's only going to be up for one day, and then after that, um, you can see it, but, you know, it'll be across to it. Right. So that also will be on the same website. Okay. You know, it's different in COVID times, trying to find yeah. out you know, how do we survive as artists, and protect our art and our work and so i'm like you know i wanted to make it free and available then also you, close have
0: it to, down. you still have to live artists gotta eat i think people really feel like when they hear that term starving artist," they don't mean we we out here like not charging for this art like this art costs money okay it, it costs, costs money, money to in to make it, it, yeah so it costs money to
1: yeah so how and did you come yeah so how did
0: you come up with the name Gold? Like we know it's about women, black women being represented as superheroes or depicting superheroes. But how did you get to the name Gold?
1: Yeah. So part of it, I want you to see it. Okay. <laughs> um, but there's just there are a lot of staples within black culture mm-hmm. that are intergenerational and um think that so it was part of it is i wanted to create a superhero that was accessible so that a girl can feel like hey i can go to the beauty store i can do this and i can be in my magic and in my power Mm -hmm. sometimes superheroes which is great they take us into another world but sometimes it feels distant. Like, oh, I can never be that or this is, you know, this is Batman, but the Batman could but I like when there's the human and they can turn and like and go to the phone booth and then you know what I mean? And so somebody different and the items that I use in the film. Mm-hmm. To represent um, being connected to your power. And so, yeah. I think this is so Then you gotta talk about gotta me back afterwards. Talk yes,
0: because you know I'm gonna watch it. I'm watching yes, it on Fat exactly. on Thursday. When it come out, i am be like, look, did y'all watch Jade? Like, come on, pay attention. It's only 10 minutes. Ten That's minutes. it. I 10 minutes. Yeah. We spend more time than that on TikTok. Speaking of TikTok.
1: Okay.
0: Speaking of TikTok, during COVID, I noticed that you were like, Trying to keep up. I was trying to keep up, too. But trying to keep up with these dances on TikTok. And, like, I even saw you. was like, look, I'm trying, y'all. But as a dancer, ain't these TikTok dances hard (laughs) as hell?
1: Child, one of my greatest joys in TikTok. I mean, people like judge TikTok, but yeah. it got me through them first couple months of COVID. Didn't it? One of my greatest joys was just watching my like, little black girls choreograph and then trying to learn it because they, they're genius. I'm like, they're genius.
0: Okay. I, like, was,
1: okay. I was like, wait okay. a I was like, uh, up, down, do
0: left, do right, twin. What I gotta do? And I was even calling my son. My son was like, no, mom, you got to use your left foot. I was like, oh, that's yeah. what's <laughs> wrong. Like, Girl, I didn't even have nobody. I was just up here just <laughs> watching this My son was the one who put me on the TikTok. I was not trying to get on TikTok at all. I was like, I am too old to it's be on hilarious. hilarious. But now I'm addicted. I'm making all kinds of videos. His friends was like, yo mama made the For You page. I was like, oh, mama. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah, for the, like
0: my first couple of weeks, I had a bunch of little kids following me. And I was like, this ain't nobody but my fun friends <laughs> on TikTok. But also with that, I want to go back to something that you said. is like having that superhero that just feels like unreachable, unattainable. And recently, obviously, we just lost our Black Panther. Like we going to claim him as best we can, but we lost um, Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Boseman. And with him being, you know, he went to Africa to immerse to himself and becoming that character. And you actually studied in Africa and went there and you immersed yourself in that culture. And how was that?
1: I mean, I think I've had so many, I've been fortunate to experience some very like life-changing
0: events. Mm-hmm.
1: And so my last year at grad school, I got the Chuck Davis Fellowship. um, Mm -hmm. And it's so crazy how I'm going to be living in Brooklyn because when I got the award and I was standing in front of the audience, I was like, wow. I never felt a connection like that. Mm -hmm. So with the (laughs) fellowship, we're able to, they send um, choreographers to Africa to study. Um, So you know, you apply for I never even thought I would get it. Right. I, I just like, okay, whatever. So when I got it, I know a couple of my friends had went to Echo de in Senegal. And um, so I knew it was a safe program. So part of it is like, people are like, oh, go to Africa, but where you go? If you don't know where to go, it can be very daunting. Like Yeah. Where you go. So <laughs> I knew that, and then I was taking West African dance at, um UCLA so my friend and teacher um was from Burkina Faso and so he had people out there his family out there that I was able to stay with so that I think that made the difference in my time there because the first time I went to Africa I was there for two months and I stayed with people and family in the village so it's a very different experience than you know Going in the hotel. You Mm -hmm. know, like it's a different experience because I kinda had this like
0: Right. I mean, being somewhere for two months is similar to like want to visit your family somewhere for two months. Like two months is a long time when you're in a foreign space. Um, the language I was so ignorant.
1: Yeah. I was so ignorant because I thought like, Oh, I'ma just use Google Translate when I get there and girl, honey, that phone didn't work. (laughs) Oh, like oh, really dance was how I connected with people and I had a strong my my desire was to connect with women mm-hmm. and so the only way that I could connect with, with, with women was in me trying to talk yeah. to them and learn their language I was trying to speak wall off when I was in Senegal, and when I was dancing like we danced outside we danced on sand I was gonna say barefoot like, yeah, so yeah. I wasn't in a studio. It was my first time dancing, like, and I would see, like, animals going by. And it just was a whole different vibe, you know. I, yeah. I took, we ate. We share a bowl in Africa. So, mm-hmm. you know, we was eating out of a bowl together. Um, I was hand washing my clothes. I took showers outside. I, it was just a totally different
0: experience. experience. I do want to talk about that a little bit more just because, like, I followed that journey. I left. I definitely lived through you um while you was in Africa. I was like, "Damn, look at Jay. Like I'm so proud of her." But then also like you connected with them, you know, through food and through dance, but through hair cuz you got your hair done like them like, while you were there. So like, how did you
1: come on to that? I, I followed you. Like I was like,
0: "Damn, look at Jay." Like Jay down here tell I was it's something about the Columbia family for me, but it's definitely about the Columbia black women that I met. Um and, and through Columbia College, I met so many dope black women from so many different walks of life that had many different backgrounds that had that were in different programs. Like I was in radio and you were in dance, but we were connected. Like it was nothing there for me that I'm like, okay, well, that's Jay, that's Shanice, that's this person. Like I knew. So for me, it's like when I see y'all going so hard, I'll be like so happy. Like, look at them achieving their goals and like Making a family proud and first generation college students like I was enjoying all of that. So I definitely followed your whole Africa trip. Like, damn, I wish I could be there with her. I can't dance, but I want to go. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So here was a to go back to your point. Um, mm-hmm. One thing, and even when I was in BBI, like one thing I wanted want to do when I go to different um, places. Um, I wanna get my hair done. I think hair, getting your hair done is bonding. Yeah. And it's something that we hold on to as Black Americans, like something, a tradition that made it through mm-hmm. the transatlantic slave trade. Like getting your hair corn and getting yes. it and sitting on your mother's lap, or your aunt's mm-hmm. lap, or your grandma's lap, and getting your hair done. So, it's a form of intimacy and connection and bonding and something that ties us together. And so, yeah, in each country, I get my hair done.
0: Yes. I love it. I love that. That's definitely a different experience that I don't think most of us would think to do, right? Like if I was going to Africa. I probably get my hair braided here. Not mm-hmm. like, bitch you're going to Africa, get your hair braided in Africa. <laughs> like, like duh. But I loved every minute of that. And just to talk about a little bit more of your history. This is, this is, not your first film, no, no. So you've done other films. Can we talk about some of those?
1: Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. So my first film was done in 2016. Um, I collaborated with the uh, awesome, dope um, cinematographer and um, DP. His name is um, Champ Robinson. He's also from Milwaukee, but mm-hmm. he was living in Los Angeles. And I kind of told him, like, "Hey, I'm gonna create this this film." And um, I think that I need your help. <laughs> and yeah. so we went to Compton and Watts, where I was working with at the time while in UCLA. And um, we shot my first film out there. And so it was just these, it was a trilogy of films that dealt with kind of just my own way of being in, um, well, the first two films and supporting like a Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Yeah, the first film was in Compton. Then I had another film in twenty seventeen that I shot um in LA, but it was me and two other people that were from Milwaukee, but we were out in Los Angeles. Well, Wisconsin and someone sure, Where, okay. you know, everything is going on right now. Or what's going on. And then the third one was actually a like documentary of my time in Africa. Yeah. So it it traced so when I first started to these films, I knew I wanted to make three. Mm-hmm. But I did not know that the third time, my third film was going to be me going to Africa for the first time and, like, kind of wrapping my yeah. whole experience up together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, yeah, and those films are available.
0: Yes. They can also find those on your website, correct? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. Okay. Gosh, sure, yeah. So yes. let's give the website one more time for mm-hmm. those who want to see
1: Jade, J-A-D-E, Sharon, C-H-A-R-O-N.com.
0: Yes. And for those who are listening, if you click in the description box on whatever podcast service you're listening to, it'll be listed below. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you already know. Just hit, hit the little triangle on the side so you can get the full summary and you'll get the website too. I wanna thank you so much, Jay, for coming on, and I wanna congratulate you on this film. I can't wait to watch it on September 17th. This is gonna be so dope. So, thank keep me. going hard, enjoy Brooklyn, enjoy the West Coast, enjoy Milwaukee. <laughs> you yeah. all over the place. Don't try to be like you when I grow up. Come <laughs>
1: oh, girl, you already doing your own thing. Running <laughs> Chicago.
0: Yeah, I'm trying, you know. <laughs> but thank you again for coming. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Woo, child. It ain't nothing like a good online boutique. And I'm gonna give y'all a little secret. One of the best ones out there is a Leo Rose Boutique. Look, go to leoroseboutique.com, child. I'm gonna tell you why. She got everything. She got shades, earrings, lip gloss, t-shirt, dresses, bikers, shorts. Baby, she got it all. Look, I'm the shade queen, honey. And sometimes I gotta switch out these prescription glasses and put on my shades so I can catch all the shade that might be thrown at me. And then I also make sure I wear my rose hip oil from Aaliyah Rose Boutique has my lips feeling smooth, soft, and kissable. Okay, look, go ahead and check out this boutique, baby. I promise you won't be disappointed. Make sure you tell them Cubana sent you. Mwah. Woocha! Now it's time for this new segment. What's in Cubana Kisses wine tumbler? Is it wine? Is it liquor? Today, it's liquor. Okay! It's the Margarita bill Classic Margarita made with their Margarita bill Tequila Bomb. Super simple. You don't have to add anything to it unless you're feeling frisky, okay? You can just chill, pour right in your wine tumbler. So, make sure you get your Cubana Kiss wine tumbler available now. And if you got a liquor you think I should try, go ahead and hit your girl up. Tell me what it is. I'm down for whatever that is to try. I'm down to try whatever liquor. Don't y'all be sending me nothing crazy. Okay. Hit me up at at Kids on everything. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. I got y'all. Okay. Hit me up. Let me know which liquor y'all think I should try next. Woo, child. Welcome back. Shout out to Jay Sharon for coming through. Make sure y'all check out her film, her dance film project entitled Gold, where she depicts black women and superheroes. It's out now. If you're listening listening to this today, September 17th, today is the only day that you can watch it for free. I've linked it below, so make sure you check that out. Thank you so much, Jay, for coming through. Now y'all know what time it is. That's right. It's definitely time for Hot Topics. And let's just go jump right straight into it. The relationship news and Hot Topics right now in the media is bananas. Let's start with the fact that Princess Love had recently filed for divorce then canceled her decision to do that. But then Ray J came back and then decided that he was going to file for divorce. So what he did was he went and he, you know, he said he was going to go file for divorce and all this other stuff. So now according to the legal documents that um, they got obtained by the blast, Ray J filed for a dissolution of his marriage in L.A., um, and he is reportedly asking a judge to order joint custody of their two children. Um, he recently had an interview with Entertainment Tonight. And I am going to read some of the stuff that he said. Uh, what's going on? You know, he said, while he filed for divorce, he said, it was just how I felt at the time. You know, I love her and I love my babies. And it's just personal. But she knows how I feel about her. He said, I just think... That I want to make sure everybody is happy, um, and then he goes on to just talk about you know what he wants and how he still loves her and that he is open for reconciling his marriage with Princess Love. I ain't gonna even front y'all. Cubana gonna speak on this. I typically don't speak on people's relationships because that's not my motherfucking business. But <laughs> Ray J and Princess Love on Love and Hip Hop. Seemed to be very toxic towards each other. Like it was a very toxic relationship. So for them to be like, oh, we get married, I was super confused because I was like, y'all relationship with it didn't seem to be right. So why would you think that your marriage going to seem to be right? And we've all seen their drama unfold via Instagram and social media. Him leaving her in Vegas, her saying, it was just like a big shit show. So, I mean, I really hope that they can work it out. Not for the kids, but for themselves. I hate when people think that way too. Because. You ain't in the marriage for them kids. You in the marriage for yourself and for that spouse. Because when them kids turn 18 and grow up and get out, it's just you and that person in that household trying to make it work. Okay? So, speaking of relationships and trying to make it work, child. Um, listen, Cardi B says she done with your ass. Okay, all set? She done with your cheating. She done with you being a fool. She said she done what you embarrassed on her in so many words. Sometimes you just got to stop being a fool is what she pretty much said on her social media. So if you've been living under a rock, Cardi B has officially filed for divorce um, from Offset. She also stated that she does not feel like this can be reconciled. She feels like this marriage will not be able to, um, to proceed. So, that speaks volumes. They've only been married for two years, but they've been together for three. And I and I don't want to say only, but I just feel like that's not a, a long time um, for a marriage. I mean, for a relationship. Maybe before marriage, I just feel like, dang, y'all, y'all couldn't figure it out in those three years. I think everybody was rooting for them and wanting them to work it out. But I don't want no woman to be embarrassed, especially not Cardi, Davis. She's a bomb bitch, okay? So, with her saying that, according to High ninety seven. Offset has responded to these reports. Um obviously, you know, they Cardi was seeking full custody of their 2-year-old daughter Culture when she filed for divorce. She wanted Culture and she wanted child support. Now she's saying she's open to joint custody, which is good. Um because I've heard her say multiple times how great of a father he is and I hope that continues even if they do go through with this divorce. Um now, like I said, set responded to this and what he said was, um, via Instagram, he posted a series of photos and captioned them, grind don't stop, and added a stop sign emoji. So what he said is like, oh, okay, cool, you leave me, but this money still gonna be here. You know, he really is a hood nigga. And he was doing, like, real hood nigga shit, even though he had elevated his life, you know, from, like, being broke and all of the other stuff. Like, you got money and you still acting like a, now you're acting like a broke nigga who came into a little money for a, a short period of time, like, all these random bitches. And then on top of that, he was getting outed. Like, bro, you got shorty, like, people contacting Cardi and telling her what's going on. Like, you was even just sloppy with it, like. Don't embarrass me. That's all I got to say. Like, if you're going to cheat, cheat. Just don't embarrass me. Like, I don't know what the hell. Who child. That's just a big mess. Now, talk about a big mess, child. So, if you follow Kanye West on Twitter, he's been going clean in recently about the music industry, about the um, the news and the media and how they took down um, black celebrities. But he also was talking about how you need to, as a black musician, own the rights to your masters. And how when he requested how much his masters would cost that, um, I believe the Sony wouldn't tell him how much. And he believes it's because they know he can afford his shit. Now, typically we would be going off on Kanye. Like, oh, Kanye off his meds, blah, blah, blah. I don't think Kanye off his meds. Okay? I think Kanye is definitely giving us facts. We've seen it. Russell Wilson went in about Sierra's Masters. Um, We've seen issues with even Michael Jackson's estate being able to get their Masters. Like, it's a lot of shit there. So I really do hope that he ends up getting his Masters. Mm. Now, also speaking about Kanye West, you know, he he used to work with the producer, um, Hit Boy. And he says that Kanye West told him he stopped picking his beats because he started working with Beyonce. And so I'm like, huh? That don't make sense, right? But then Kanye West came out and he like, that's not true. He's like, I ain't never had no problem with him working with Beyonce. Um and he said that he okay, so Kanye West said that he had no problem working with Hip Boy or having Hit Boy working with Bay. He just didn't know he was signed to good music. He said this on Twitter. I'm telling y'all, Kanye West's Twitter goes up, okay? Now, he says, Hit Boy's first to stand up. I didn't have a problem with him producing for Beyonce. I had a problem with the fact he was signed to me and I didn't know, but I knew Jay and Beyonce and Hit Boy just for clarity. Okay, so he's like, stop playing with me, son. So listen, he like, you can produce for whomever you want. I got an issue with the business aspect of it, the behind the scenes aspect of it. So listen, Kanye, like, stop, stop playing with me. Ooh child. And I'ma need Lil Yachty to stop playing with Nikki. So Nikki Minaj blocked Lil' Yachty on Twitter. Um hey like so you're trying to feel, Okay, so let me just tell y'all what happened, right? So Yachty posted a screenshot on Twitter showing that Miss Petty and indeed Miss Petty because you know that's her last name. But anyway, he writes, um <laughs> I still think about this often with a screenshot that shows that nikki minaj blocked you so fans believe that nikki uh, gave love yadi the boot because of the interview he did back in 2018 and he said he wouldn't collab with nikki because he's team Cardi, and it just is what it is so um he later on went to say that his his interview was taken out of context but it just is what it is. And then, on top of that, I just think that's like, okay, granted, she probably in her feelings or whatever. But you blocked him because he don't want to work with you. Like, <laughs> I don't want to work with you neither. But whatever. I also think she's a mean girl. So, it just is what it is. But, yeah. So, um, Nikki got a little Yachty blocked. Um, So, y'all know that crown that Biggie wore um, on his album cover. It's like the Notorious B.I.G.'s famous it was a six dollar plastic crown guess how much it sold for let me count the zeros one two three four five that's five zeros that's six hundred thousand dollars a six dollar plastic crown sold for six hundred thousand dollars all because it touched that man's head listen I can't even front. I, I don't have that type of money to be buying no crown. But kudos to the person who got it. Um, it was in his King of New York photo shoot back in 1997, and it was sold at an auction for 600k. Gee, I need my life, okay? I need my whole life, like my entire life. Now, in other news, in COVID news, you know we gotta have COVID news um they're saying that they so president trump came out and he said that there was a possibility that there would be a vaccine out within the next couple of months now doctors and scientists are like that's not true and even if it is out in the next couple months everybody will not have access to it it won't be out until mid next year trump is saying this is a political like scam and they're using it to be able to push the dem the do nothing democrats forward and I just find it funny that we still believe anything that comes out this man's mouth when it comes to COVID. On top of the fact that there's a book getting ready to come out um, and a journalist reported him pretty much saying that he downplayed COVID because he just didn't want to incite the fear, but he knew it was bad. Just
1: breathe the air. and That's how it's uh, passed. And so that's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. Uh, it's also more deadly than your you know, even your strenuous flus.
0: Now it's turning out it's not just old people, Bob, just today and and yesterday some startling facts came out. It's not
1: just old, older. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, sir. Because I don't want to create a panic.
0: So it just is what it is. Um, Our president's a liar, and that's that on that, Jack. (laughs) I just don't understand his his thought process and his concept of being a president. And I know people's like, oh, maybe we need something new. We needed a different type of president. Maybe we needed somebody who wasn't involved in politics. Mm, I'm gonna tell y'all, we shouldn't do this ever again. This is so ghetto. The aliens at Mars looking down at us like, oh, we don't even need to go to we don't need to go to Earth. It's it's cool. We're good there. So listen, y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. I'm back from my break. Like I said, grad school was kicking my ass, but whoo, child. Can't nothing hold me down, okay? So make sure y'all tune in every week for a bomb-ass interview with a bomb-ass black-owned business, a vlogger, an artist. Um, And just to let y'all know, I am starting a new segment where I will be highlighting music artists So, if that's you, hit me up. Send me your music and get it played right here on the Woo Child Chronicles podcast. Until then, y'all, bye.